Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Shadeswood. We're the worst sisters and our motto is if attempted murder is a crime, then attempted comedy is a podcast. I'm Sadie. I'm Suna. And I'm Artsum. This week we're going to be covering episodes 24 and 25 of season 2, which is the finale and the leading up to the finale. And oh my god, it is going to be good. It's going to be so good. Episode 24 was called If These Dolls Could Talk. Now, who wants to cover that one? Yep, I'll do that one. So, If These Dolls Could Talk is all leading up to the big finale. The girls are getting closer to A and they're trying to basically set up a trap to try and confirm their suspicions. Yeah, and episode 25 is called Unmasked. Um, And the whole episode kind of centres around the big dance. What was the dance for again? The Masked Ball. Yeah, Um, which is so iconic because this is also the episode where A gets unmasked. We get to find out who's been behind it all. And this is, in my opinion, the best hour of television like ever. (laughs) So let's kick right into it. All right. Um, Emily. So Emily starts, I think the first time we see her, she gets a text um, from Emma, from Maya. So at this stage, Maya is still missing and Emily's been getting some texts and emails from her. And yep. Maya had asked her previously to not tell anyone, um, especially her parents, but Emily um, denied about it and she couldn't keep it to herself anymore. And she, we saw her at the end of like the last episode calling Maya's mum and telling her that Maya's okay, she's been in touch with me. So this episode yep. starts with um, Emily getting a text from Maya and she's annoyed um, that Maya, that Emily has told her parents and she says, um, you know, whose side are you on? And, like, it just really shows how immature Maya is. Like, how dare you yeah. tell my parents I'm alive and well? Like, yeah. how could you? Whose side yeah. are you on? Yeah. Does anything else happen to her individually um, in episode 24? No, I've got no other notes for her in episode 24. I, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of Emily is just like group things at this point. All right. So Emily's done. Emily's done. <laughs> okay. So I think next we have Aria. So the first time we see Aria in episode 24 is when she goes to Ezra's office for coffee. And um, she's sort of like telling her that, oh, he's worried about this job, blah, blah, blah. And then they end up kissing again. Like, they're fully back together at this point. They've been Mm -hmm. back together. Yeah, but in this scene, like, Arya's lack of care, like, she claims to love Ezra and all of that, but her lack of care for his career is what got me. Like, you know, he's talking about the Danes being chilly with him, things aren't looking good, like, he thinks he's losing his job, and she's like, you knew there was going to be a fallout. (laughs) It's like... But shouldn't this girl be at school already? Like, if he's at work, shouldn't she be at school, surely? Yes. They should be at school most of the time. Yeah. The thing that got me is, like, when he's moping about his career and stuff and she goes to kiss him, she's like, my dad's in another state. You could at least, like, lean into it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a way inappropriate relationship, but they're both trash people. So in yeah, that yeah. way, <laughs> they're kind of deserving each other. Exactly. I think the next time we see her is um, in Ella's classroom. Yes. So she's trying to leave a note for Ella. Um, I forget what the note was for. I think she was just making an excuse about where she was going to be later that day. But while she's leaving the note on Ella's desk, she sees that um, Byron sent Ella a fax, I'm assuming, and it was a copy of um, 
Arius transcript and he said something like, you know, this is the, um, this is Arius transcript for the boarding school application. Yeah. It was like, please, no, it was the application for the boarding school and he asked her to send, send the transcript over to them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's how it went. And, um, yeah, like, who sends faxes these days? Shouldn't this be an email? <laughs> this was way back when. Like, what year was this supposedly Yeah, done that's in? true. That's the catalyst for Arya becoming a total psycho and a brat. Oh, so my God, yes. This, in the next time we see her, she's um, a pro- she's talking to Ella, and Ella's worried about the whole A thing. Um, so we kind of talked last episode that Ella and Ashley have clued on that something's been happening and someone is threatening these girls. And um, Ella asks her something along the lines of, you know, is there somebody bullying you? And Arya says, and I quote, the only people bullying me in my life right now is you and dad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and she went full psycho and she threatened to expose um, Byron's affair um, with his student previously, with Meredith, and said that, you know, he would lose his job and stuff. Sorry, the thing that got me in this scene before even the blackmail is when she's going off at her mum and she's like, I don't know why dad's treating me like this. I forgave him for what he did as if, you know, he wronged her specifically and not Ella. Like his affair is held to the same light as her pedophilic relationship with Ella. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was about to say. Like for me, the thing is at least his affair was not illegal. Sure, it's bad, but it's not illegal. Frowned um, upon, maybe, but not Frowned illegal. upon, exactly. Can ruin families, but is not illegal. Like, if I was Ella, I would have just been like, try it. I will go to the police about your boyfriend then. You're lucky we haven't so far. But also, like, to me, if my daughter does looking at sending to boarding school behave like this, that would be an indication that she belongs at boarding school. Yeah. Like, yeah, you need to go. Because if nothing else, it gets her away from Ezra, right? Like, yeah. No, these people have Sit- tried. These people have tried to help her. They tried sending her to psychologists. They tried separating her from her friends. They let her go with her friends. Ella was took the step and went to listen to her and Ezra. Right? Yeah. These people are trying, and she is being a little bee. Yeah. At every turn. Yeah. And she just makes things way more difficult than they need to be. Mm. Yeah. And then the next thing we see with Arya is she goes to see her mum at school and Ella asks Arya if she ended up making that call to the dean and Arya says no. And Ella kind of says, you know, I spoke to your father. Boarding school has been shelved for now. And just as Arya is like, oh, my God, thank you, Ella, like, shuts her down and she's like, this is not a reward for your behaviour. Like, this is not a good thing. And she tries to defend herself by saying, well, you know, you and Dad backed me into a corner. I'm not going to turn my back on Ezra. Yeah, and she does that later on as well. Like, when she's telling Ezra about it in another scene, which we'll get to, she says, like, oh, they, you know, backed me into a corner and I didn't like the ugliness that came out or something along those lines. And it's like, well, you didn't have to, Arya. It's not like she she didn't have a choice. Like, she's removed from her consequences. Yeah. From the consequences of her actions, I should say. 100%. She's just acting like this has been done to her and she had no other option when really, if she acted like an adult to begin with, boarding school wouldn't have been on the table at all. Yeah. True. And um, the thing that, like, hit hard for me in this scene was Ella's words to Arya. Um, yeah. She says to her, I don't even recognise the kid who would turn on her own family. And she said to her that, you know, despite everything that's been happening lately, 
I had never been ashamed of you until yesterday. Yes. And that to me just like, wow. Ella is gentle, but she hits hard. Yeah. <laughs> Those are fighting words. <laughs> they are. Cool. So the next thing that happens to Arya is um, we find out that Ezra got fired. And initially they didn't say, like, what happened. That was a very short scene. And then uh, Arya and Ezra reconvene later on. And he says that they they told him that they no longer offer the class, but they'll probably rename it and have somebody else deliver it because, you know, they've just said he's redundant, essentially. They didn't give him a reason. Um, and he mm-hmm. said that he can't teach in this town anymore and he's got to leave to be able to do it. So, yeah, and so after they have that um, discussion, uh, he says something to her like, do you have any idea how much I love you? And then they have steamy time. Steamy time? I didn't like that. Steamy (laughs) time? Oh, my God. I don't know why that made me so uncomfortable, but steamy time is not <laughs> a good phrase. Oh, we haven't gotten to it yet, but you know what made me uncomfortable? In, like, the next episode, when, for some reason, all the girls are hanging over at um, Ezra's. Ezra's apartment for, like, no reason. Spencer is, like, just kind of, thro- not Spencer, Hannah, just kind of throws herself on the bed. And yeah. Arya's like, can you not? That's sacred ground. <laughs> I know. Like, oh my god, Arya, it's a bed. (laughs) It's so cringe. But yeah, she's the cringiest. That's the last thing I have for Arya in this episode for me. That's all I have too. It ended on steamy time for me. It shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah next. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So Hannah, um, Hannah starts with she's got a secret phone um, that we saw last time. Mona gave it to her, but she didn't put her secret phone on silent. So it goes off in when she's talking to her mum, and um, the reason that she gives for it is that Mona gave her the phone because she needs to be able to reach her at all times because she's yeah. going through something. Yeah, she goes. You pull one person from a burning building. It doesn't make you Rosewood's new fire chief. Oh yeah, that's right. That that's what she said. That is what she said. That, um, <laughs> that was good. Oh, okay. So then, um, you know, Mona gets a text from A at school and goes up to Hannah to tell her about it, and it says, "Break up Hannah and her hottie, or you go back to being a junior high naughty. Don't test yeah. me, A." Yeah. Okay. Um, so first of all, she said junior high. So these girls aren't even in high school yet. No. No. They are in high school, but Hannah and Mona had their makeover when they were in junior high. That's when she was loser Monia. Monia? Monia, yeah. I was hoping you guys didn't notice. (laughs) We noticed. (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, loser Monia. Oh, loser Monia. I remember that. Is she related to Ammonia or no? Yeah, maybe. They'll both burn you. Yeah, so Mona asked if Hannah's been getting any texts and she says she hasn't got anything since the fire because, you know, she doesn't have a phone. And yeah. um, Mona gives her back her phone. She's like, sorry, I forgot. Here you go. And then Hannah says, um, Hannah tells her their plot, which is like the side story we'll get to when we speak about Spencer. But essentially he tell- she tells her that they're going to Brookhaven to try and figure out what's happening with A. 
Yeah. The next thing is for me, the plan. So at this stage, we'll talk about it parallel to what's happening with Spencer. But in Spencer's timeline, we're going to talk about the girls are heavily suspecting Melissa of being a. Yeah. Um, so Hannah comes up with a plan. Since Mona's been told to break them up, they've orchestrated this thing that Caleb and Mona are going to kiss in the car when Emily is spying on Melissa to see if she sees it happen and then see yeah. if A reacts, which is like an okay plan. But, like, you know, A could have also seen that even if Melissa did. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a foolproof plan. Um, so, yeah, so Caleb and Mona are in the car um, and they're, you know. Having steamy time. Yeah, uh, they didn't quite get <laughs> the steamy time. It was just a little foggy. <laughs> a little foggy, I um, Yeah. So, uh, Mona's opening up to Caleb a little bit too in this scene. So, she talks about how, you know, she considers Hannah to be her good friend because they were both losers together and they were in need of extreme makeovers. And she was kind of jealous that Hannah had found a good guy while she was dating the entire football team or whatever she said. And then they kiss and they make sure that Melissa sees it. And Caleb's like super not into it. And Mona's like, poor Hannah. <laughs> yeah. And Melissa like stares at them and sees them. But also like, you're so dark. How are you going to recognize two people kissing in a car? First of all, it's Rosewood. Second of all, it happened on camera, so they obviously know who it is. <laughs> That's true. Um, anyway, their plan works, um, and they get a text from A, and they're convinced that it's Melissa now because Melissa was there. They kissed. Um, they got a text. Hannah gets a text from A saying something along the lines of, are you share- into sharing everything with your BFF? Even your BF? Oh, is that what it said? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Hannah, are you into sharing everything with your BFF, even your BF, eh? Oh, I missed that bit. <laughs> I was thinking I seriously <laughs> typing notes. This is the first text that Hannah gets to her new phone from yes. A. Yes, so A had her number. And that's all I had for Hannah in episode 24, to be honest. So it's- When you break it down like this, literally nothing happened in episode 24. Um, I think all of it happened in Spencer's timeline. A fair bit did happen in episode 24. Yeah. But it all kind of happened in Spencer's timeline. But it was mostly them chasing down leads that weren't real. Yeah. Don't worry about it. (laughs) What do you mean, don't worry about it? (laughs) (laughs) To them, they were real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they felt real in the moment, right? Exactly. So you're telling me you have a video and the creepy kid, you don't want to go see the creepy kid. (laughs) I would have gone to see that creepy kid. So let's get on with Spencer. The Spencer's timeline actually opens up this episode. So we see her having a conversation with Alison. Um, I think it's in her house. I want to say it's in her house. And, um,. Alison's, like, apologizing for not telling her about Jason. And she's saying, like, I'm so glad that you guys are still, you know, together doing this, whatever. And then she wakes up. I thought this was a flashback, not a dream. Okay. So when she woke up, that kind of took me there. Because it it felt like a flashback, I was like, so she did know that Jason was her brother. And then she woke up, like, okay, so it's not a flashback. 
So one thing that Ali wanted in that scene was apparently something from the bag. And she told Spencer, don't get caught up in the details. You'll miss what's in front of you. So this yeah. gives Spencer an idea when she wakes up. Spencer, we can we see when she wakes up, she's on some pretty heavy painkillers. And she was yeah. asleep on the um, downstairs in her house. And the door was wide open. And Melissa comes down and she's like, oh, my God, it's freezing down here. Why is this door open? And, like, good question. Why is that door open? You're only being stalked. <laughs> yeah. Those doors are always open. But also, why was Melissa upstairs? She lives in the barn. She can be wherever she wants to be, okay? She comes down at her upstairs like she just woke up in her robe. And I'm like, you live in the barn. Remember when you fought Spencer over it? Yeah. So Spencer is talking to Emily about her dream. And she's convinced that it felt really real. And Emily says to her that that's how she felt um, when she was trapped in that room thing. And then she was, like, you know, drugged with the The CO2 fumes. And she had the same thing. And she said that it's a sign that Ali is holding their brains hostage until they figure out what happened to her. So yeah. Emily thinks they need to solve this case. So that they can all relax. Yeah, yeah this is a n- right. new under-forethought of um, idea of solving the case. Yeah. No, one, no one's <laughs> thought of doing this before, Emily. No, this, is, this is a brand new idea. Newsflash, new guys. <laughs> Newsflash, guys, we should solve the case. We should totally solve the case. Well, they should. So far, they've just been stuffing around. Solve the damn case, girls. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then I've put this into Spencer's timeline because it didn't really fit anywhere else too much either. But we see Jenna taking off her bandages. So she's had the surgery. She takes off her bandages. She's told Toby she wants his to be the first face she sees. But apparently the surgery hasn't worked and she breaks down crying in front of the mirror. It's lies. It's all lies. I know. So we'll find that out um, a bit later on. Um, In the next scene, we see Jenna approaching the table where the girls are all sitting. Before she approaches, they were going through the newspaper classifieds. Yeah, so the girls are at school and they're all like sitting around one of the tables outside and they're looking through some stuff from the bag and they look at the newspaper that they went back to the house to save and there are a bunch of classifieds that are circled in the newspaper and they figure out that A and Ali were communicating to each other through the classifieds ads and this is what, what why they were circled and why there were uh, so many newspapers from that summer. Um, Ali was going to meet A on the same street in Brookhaven where the doll hospital is. Was it the weekend she went missing? Yeah, I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah, so and while they're doing that and they're talking about it, um, Jenna approaches the table and with Toby. He gets she gets guided over there. She sits down and um, Hannah just blurts out, "Can you see or not?" I know. <laughs> like be a bit subtle, Hannah. This is an emotional time. I know. There was tension. Everyone knew it. They were all thinking that like, she said it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jenna says something pretty mystical here. She says that she can see clearly, just not with her eyes. Yeah, um, so she's trying to win the girls over now. Like, she's, like, befriending them in this scene. That's what she was meaning. Huh? It saved her life. She should be befriending them. Yeah. Should she? I mean, they saved her life after they blinded her. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, abused her for the entire two seasons. Yeah. 
part of what she said, um, what she meant by what she said she couldn't see clearly, she could see clearly now but not with her eyes, she said that Hannah saving her helped her realise that people can grow and she apologised for holding a grudge and for hating them. And she said, I've never been the person you really need to fear. Yeah. And then she walks away. You know how she says, I can see clearly, but not with my eyes? Yeah. Do you think she actually meant, I can see clearly, but not with my eyes, because she's only had surgery on one eye? Yeah, technically it wasn't a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I can see clearly with my eye. Yeah, my eye. And the girls, um, at the end of this scene... They have another brilliant idea. So first they had the brilliant idea that they should solve this case. Their next brilliant yes. idea is they think Ali knows who A was and that's why she was killed. Whoa. <laughs> so um, the girls go to Brookhaven and they go to the shop and um, they go up to the lady and they say that, you know, we have some questions about someone who bought a doll that's mostly burlap, kind of like that one in the window. Um you know, do you sell them? And she says, no, I won't have many answers for you. And, you know, we do mostly repairs. That was brought in by someone, you know, ages ago and they never came and picked it up. And the creepy kid enters the scene. Yes. <laughs> Seth is so there's a Yeah, Seth. So there's a creepy, creepy kid in the um, shop. Window. And he – so that we first see him when the girls are standing outside the shop and he's, like, creepily in the window with the dolls. And his eyes are staring out, staring at them. And then they come in and the kid's in the store. And he's like, as the woman that works there says, he's gifted and he sees things in his mind. And the thing that he has told the liars is to stop looking for their friend because there's a man and a woman that want to hurt her. They were like, oh, what friend? And they showed him a photo of Alison. Yeah, and then they asked about the uh, couple and he said that they had dark hair. Yeah. Um, but he also knew a creepy detail about her death. He said, sorry about what happened to her. Must have been awful breathing dirt in your lungs. So this is the thing that convinces Emily that he must be legit. Yeah, that creeped me out. The ho- and the whole, like, the kid's whole vibe was really creepy as well. He was, like, slow talking, like, never blinked. It was just pretty creepy. Yeah, this was really creepy to watch. Yeah, and so I think after this, they think that the couple was Melissa and Ian. And then Spencer kind of fills the girls in in what's been happening with her family a little bit too. She tells them that her parents have been sus about Melissa and have come to the conclusion that um, because Melissa worked in the next town over, she probably drove past the creepy doll place every day. And so she had access. I feel like that's such a weird thing to point out though because I drive past lots of places every day that I don't go into. But they're just clutching at straws. They, like, desperately want to blame Melissa. It's not just Melissa. If if they had, like, some sort of proof on anyone else, they're just desperate, I think. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. They're just, like, trying to find anything to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The next thing I have in this storyline, again, it relates to Jenna, but it fits well here, is Jenna's up to some drama. So... Jenna's in her house and Garrett is apparently just watching the house from outside. Toby comes in and is a bit, like, worried about it. And she's like, he's doing what? Because remember, she's blind. She can't see. Yeah, Um, (laughs) And she reaches into, like, her little, um, I don't know, like a jewelry box type of thing. Yeah, Yeah. music case. And she pulls out a piece of paper and she gives it to Toby. And she said, 
um, this is something that Garrett gave her and told her to keep safe and she didn't know what it was. And it's page five of the autopsy that's been missing. Um, and we know from earlier that they were in on it together and Garrett gave it to her. We saw that scene. Yeah. But now she's up, like acting dumb and told her to burn it. Now she's acting dumb and she's like, let's take this to the police. Um, I don't know why he gave it to me. I don't know what this is. Um, yeah. And then they blind. go off to the... Because she's blind. Cause so she doesn't know what the paper is. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. So Toby takes her to the police station. Also, and then... Discriminating evidence against you. Why would you give it to your blind girlfriend to burn? She shouldn't be left on her. That is so true. Garrett, you fell into that one, mate. <laughs> I guess maybe it was like a show of trust in her or something. I don't know. But it's very mm-hmm. true. Maybe the one who you can see should ruin it, should destroy it. Is this one that go to the creepy doll shop? Yes, after hours. I don't know why they went after hours. So I understand they want to go to see the creepy kid. That's That was their catalyst, right? But they go after hours when the shop is closed. The door happens to be open and they start creeping around in there. Just go the next morning. And this is one of the creepiest scenes in the whole season so far, I feel like. In the whole show so far. And um, there's dolls everywhere. They're all creepy and evil. And they find that even though she said they didn't have those burlap voodoo doll things they found a whole box of them um yeah underneath a table somewhere and then like in all of that a creepy voice starts a creepy doll voice starts repeating follow me end up like me follow me end up like me oh and they're God, like what so the scary. hell is that and they follow the voice to like this cupboard they open it up and it's like a cute little panorama of ali's death <laughs> there's like a doll with a um complete with the yellow shirt in the dirt um she was she holding a shovel i forget what she was holding yeah just it was um super creepy the dye in the hair that's what got me yeah wishful thinking that it was actually dye (laughs) was it not i don't know i'm too scared to find out (laughs) <laughs> and then things just start randomly like crashing down on them like what is wrong with that yeah the whole place gets destroyed yeah but hannah manages to save the laptop so um the next thing happens is this is the fastest we've seen the rosewood police act so far oh my God, but, they, but we shoot over to spencer's house and um garrett and melissa are downstairs and they're Getting together some of Ali's stuff to give to the police, I guess. And they kiss. Is this the first time we've seen them together, together like this? Yes, it is. Yes. Um, so I guess what she was saying before about regretting going with home with him wasn't that all that true. <laughs> yeah. No, um, guess not. Um, and then the police come in and arrest Garrett because of p- page five. So um, they put all this stuff together and decided that he must have killed Ali. So he's under arrest for um, Alison's murder. And, like, the thing that got me in this scene is, A, how quick they were, and, B, how did they know to find him at Spencer's house? They probably tracked his patrol car. Yeah, he was in uniform. Oh, okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, and then the next scene we see is um, Jenna reveal. 
So Gemma's applying some makeup to her face very expertly. And um, then she sees like a fly kind of landing around the room and she swats it in one smooth hit. (laughs) And we realize that Gemma has her eyesight after all. Yes. Um, but she has not been telling anyone. So who knows what she's up to. The next thing is we see A go into the giant mess of a shop that they just did. And um, what looks like a payoff to the shop owner and to the creepy kid. So the shop owner says like, this is a lot more than I bargained for. And A just hands her like a big wad of cash. And he hands the kid a lolly. And yeah. it was such a great scene. Um because now we know that that premonition stuff was not correct. <laughs> yeah. There's a kid being bought off. And then I think that's the last scene before we're in uh, the last finale, as I like to call it. The last finale of this episode. <laughs> the girls are all together and I want to say, I want to get this at one point, Spencer's house? Whose house are they in? Yeah, I think they're in Spencer's house watching the news that Garrett has pleaded guilty. Uh, not guilty, sorry. Yeah, so Melissa walks in and she makes some weird comment about how um, it was love gone wrong, basically. She's like, oh, I knew um, Ian didn't do it and I knew that the four of you didn't um, have the constitutional ability to murder, so. Yeah. And uh, she's just so like, nonchalant about the fact that the guy she was just kissing and stuff, you know, is arrested for murder. Yeah, so, considering that she was just kissing Garrett like one episode ago, it's like she's not surpri- she's not surprised. You know what I mean? She was like a bit menacing to the girls, and she did say like I knew that Al- Ian didn't do it. Like they can read between those lines because how many times did her and Spencer fight about Ian? And then the whole yeah. um her taking Arya's ice cream thing, like Arya yeah. sitting there with ice cream in front of her, a full ice cream. And Melissa's like, are you going to eat that? (laughs) Why wouldn't she? (laughs) Um, When Melissa leaves to go out to the barn, a messenger comes and drops off invites to the masquerade ball at their school. And there's a note from A in it that says, be there when the clock strikes midnight. And um, the girls are kind of like, oh, you know, A wants to play hide and seek. They want us to find them at midnight and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Spencer just goes and stares off into her yard and says, you know, hide and seek was my favorite game to play with Melissa growing up. You know why? And everyone's like, what? He's like, because I always won. Yeah. <laughs> so they're at the school and um, the girls are kind of talking about what happened with Melissa that morning. They're talking about whether they overlooked any clues. They're trying to figure things out. Um, but Mona comes over and they start talking about the dance and um Mona says oh I'm gonna go shopping after school together like why don't you guys come and they all make up one excuse or another and they kind of disappear um Hannah says she's studying with Caleb and they like all turn her down and leave in the next scene the girls are all hanging out at um Ezra's house um and they've just like iced her out for no reason because, yeah, at this stage, I mean, I, we all know what's coming up, but at this stage, as far as they know, Mona started to become in the fold. Like, she helped them with the Melissa thing. She's getting A messages, but they still iced her out, which was a bit cold. Yeah. And, yeah, so then we get to the Ezra apartment scene when 
Arya declares that this is sacred ground now because they got steamy in there. They went there so they could look through Ali's bags and. This is where they found the postcard, right? Um, yeah. So they have half of the postcard and it says Lost Woods Resort on it. And they start Googling where it is in relation to other things like Brookhaven and stuff. And they find a pen as well. Yeah. It's from basically a p- old airstrip where they think Duncan was dropping her off. Yeah. And they figure out that it's close by and that's where, you know, he must have dropped her off and this is where she must have went. So they're going to go have go check it out. Yeah, so they head over to the um, Lost Woods Resort. It's this, like, dark, dingy place that's kind of isolated. The guy says that um, no one really goes there since the new highway bypass went in. So it's quite, yeah. you know, dark and stormy night as well. It's got, like, real creepy vibes. So obviously I want to stay here. Um, Naturally. Um, yeah, and so they specifically ask for room number one because that was the number that was written on the postcard that they found. And so they yep. think that this room might have some clues or something. So um, in in another episode of stealing, like, guest books, once they're in the room, Arya and Spencer, Team Sparia, what did um, Spencer say to her about, come on, we're Team Sparia, because she wanted her to go along with her. Um, they decide yeah. to go and... So they go in and sneak into the guest room and they steal the guest book and they have discovered that Vivian Darkwood um, stayed there. Dark Bloom, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just Hannah and Emily left in the room at this stage and Hannah had, um, yeah, Hannah's in the shower because she had fallen into some mud before and she needs to get clean. And so they're in the middle of nowhere in this creepy resort. Emily, uh, Spencer and... um, Aria are off doing something dodgy. So it's just Hannah and Emily there. And Emily decides to run off into the dark because she got a phone call from Maya. Yeah, <laughs> um, as you And do. just leaves everything and doesn't tell anyone where she's going. Yeah. Doesn't even say, like, hey, Hannah, I'll be right back. Like, nothing. She just Yeah, no, she just took off into the night. Like, okay. <laughs> leaving, leaving the room open yeah. for A to get in. So Amy yes. gets into the room while Hannah's in the shower. Yes, it's very scary. Anyway, by the time Hannah gets out, A's gone. Um, and she just realises that Emily's also not there. Quick worst sister story for me and Suna. This has happened to us before where I've gotten out of the shower and the front door's wide open and I can't <laughs> find Suna. <laughs> but I left because it was a more of an emergency than um, I know. my girlfriend calling me. So, I don't know what happened, but Rufus got freaked out. I was out the front with him. He, like, just got freaked out. And if you know anything about Rufus, you know that he's a scaredy cat. He heard a loud clang, and he just took off. And I had to take off after him. I had no choice. I had, like, no shoes or anything on, I don't think. I had, yeah, you didn't bring like, your phone or anything with you. I didn't bring my phone. I didn't have anything on me. I just took off into the night, left eyes on the door. Open. and like it was really bad too because I didn't have I didn't have my car didn't have anything like I just took off into the night after him and um yeah I had to like coax him to come back to me just in the street so I'm just like running through the streets of my suburb in the middle of the night shouting out to Rufus mommy mommy loves you And then, yeah, and I, you know, closed the front door and everything, tried to call Suna. Her phone's ringing inside the house, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm checking the rooms. Anyway, obviously it was fine, but, you know, A could have gotten in and gotten to me too. Yeah, and then, like, I didn't have a lead or anything for Rufus too, so I came back home fully carrying him from the place I got him. Yeah. The the girls stay at this room for the night, don't they? Yeah. Yes, so A is in room two. Yeah. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun, indeed. Yeah, um, so A's in room two. They're discussing um, the Halloween costumes. Um, Hannah says that Caleb can't go anymore and Emily's going to go as her Romeo for her. Yeah, but she doesn't want to dress like a dude. (laughs) Yeah, so they're just both going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then um, as Spencer's driving home, she spots Toby um, and she goes off to speak to him. He, like, refuses to acknowledge her and he just, like isn't engaging in the conversation and she's like don't be that guy you know like don't be that guy who shuts everybody out I know you're mad at me but don't be that guy and then in a weird twist Toby gets a phone call and he answers it and he says hello Dr Sullivan and we haven't seen Dr Sullivan for a long time at this stage so the last time we saw Dr Sullivan A had bribed her and she ran off it has been yonks it has been yonks and then the next thing we see is um, Jenna drives to a park to meet someone. But okay. like, oh my god! Okay. First of all, where did she get this? Where did she get this car? First of all, second of all, how is she going to be keeping up her lie that she's blind if she's driving all over the place? Like, third of all, how does she get a license in five minutes? I know that is a third of all. How does she get a license? <laughs> But like, how do you like? How do you even explain that you've got a car when you're pretending to be blind? Where is she stashing this car? She's meeting with someone, and she just gives them like this, whatever it is. What it is, is it? Fabric. I don't know. She's like you. I, I don't. I thought it was like a mask at some point. Yes, I think it is for the masquerade ball. I thought it was a mask, and then I was like, yeah, like a mask. Anyway, she's like, oh, you know what you need to do. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, she says they're all going to be at the party. You know yeah. what you need to do. And, um, yeah, so we obviously don't see who this person is. But, like, we get the feeling that Jenna knows this person because she says something to them about, I don't know if I – I didn't know if I would ever see you again or something like that. And we don't know whether that's a because you've been gone for ages kind of a thing or because I didn't have eyesight kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but either way, this person is clearly known to Jenna and something's happening. And then it's the party time. The girls all walk in, even though they didn't have time to go shopping in all of this, with the most beautiful dresses I've ever seen in my life. Exactly. Favourite dress, everyone. Favourite dress. I liked Emily's the best. Me too. I liked Emily's the best. I was going to say, I can't remember Spencer's, but now I can. Um, I think Emily's, then Aria's, surprisingly, then yeah. Hannah's, and Emily, then Spencer's. Yeah. yeah, I didn't rank them all. I just liked Emily's the best. Yeah, Emily's one. Was yeah, Emily's the was the best. But of course, Emily wears blue again. Like we get it, she swims. Like yeah, she's allowed other colors. No, she's a swimmer. Mona reveals that she's been um, secretly helping Hannah by get like getting Caleb all ready, and she's dressed him up as the Romeo. Um, yeah, because she wanted to do something nice for Hannah. Okay, so first yeah. of all. If I was Hannah, I would not accept this at all because they just made out. Even though it was because I told them to, I'd still be hella jealous that they still snuck, hung out 
without me behind my back. Yeah, but that's probably why she did it. Because she was probably like, oh, yeah, Han- Hannah's feeling a bit, like, sus after what happened. So I'll just show her that it's all okay. So when Caleb comes over to dance with her, yeah, um, Spencer approaches her and says um, something along the lines of, I don't know who you think you're fooling. Um, oh, yeah, she approaches Mona. Yeah, approaches Mona, sorry. And says something along the lines of, you know, you're a great friend to Hannah. I don't know why you put on like a fake bitch sort of yeah. um, exterior. And uh, and, sorry, and Spencer starts to apologize for never standing up for herself. Um for standing up for Mona while Allison was around and yeah. when she was losing Mona and everything. And Mona's kind of like, yeah, no big deal, whatever. I don't really think about it anymore ever, except for today. I thought I couldn't stop thinking about Allison when I went to this little vintage shop in Brookhaven um, because yeah. it's the last place I saw Ali about a week before she went missing. Yeah. And she has this flashback where loser Mona dressed in her little glasses and pigtails. I know. And, like, through. also, how cute did she look? She looked adorable. How is this loser Mona? She just looks like regular Mona, but her hair's in pigtails. I know, and she has glasses. Anyway, so loser Mona goes up to Vivian Darkbloom, who's looking out a window, and she's, like, very excited to talk to Allison, and um, she's like, what are you doing? Are you playing, like, a game? And Ali's like, yeah, kind of. I'm, I'm watching someone. And Mona keeps asking her um, questions, and Ali's like, this isn't a game, Mona. Like, this is serious. Like, you can't tell anyone you saw me. And she says, how much is your secret worth to you? Yeah. And Ali says, um, you know, what do you want? Mona says she wants to be popular. Ali tears up a piece of um, a postcard off of the Lost Woods Resort and yeah. writes her number on it and hands it to Mona and apparently just dodged her calls after that. But that yeah. was the last time Mona saw Ali alive. Um, but that explains why she was in Brookhaven and why the the postcard was torn up. And this all starts clicking for Spencer. She's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, she wasn't there to meet A. She was there watching A. She was trying to find A. And then I don't know how she puts it together. Um, but while she's talking to Mona here, she makes a connection between room two. You know, she calls Emily from the car and she says... Keep your friends close. And Emily's like, what? But your enemy's closer. That's what Ali always said. We were looking in the wrong place. Yeah. So, like, all of this, like, was a giant leap. I don't know how she made it. But she's now realized that uh, room two is where um, Ali must have been. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, she called, not, not Ali, A must have been. So, she calls, the, she takes off with Mona, actually, into the night. Um, yeah. They have two hours left till midnight. And she calls the girls and she tells Emily about it. Spencer's like, oh, I mean, Emily's like, you shouldn't be going out there all by yourself right now. And she says, no, we don't want to, like, alert A that one of us is missing, that we're up to something. So you guys just keep going there. And besides, I'm not alone. I'm with Mona. So they finally let Mona into the group. Yeah, so they're finally starting to let um, Mona into the fold at this stage. Wrong stage, Don't know what you mean, but okay. Yeah, so then the next thing that happens is kind of we see all the couples that are left at the dance, um, like, get together, right? So we see yeah. um, Aria follows Jenna off into the night again. Everyone goes off into the night here. And this is the bit where I was talking about where I said that just the decor and stuff was so well done. So, like, she just disappears into something. There's, like, this giant gorgeous mirror, all this decoration, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. when she's in there, she comes across 
a masked gentleman who turns out to be Ezra. And he says something like, I can't stay away from you. Is that what he says? He says something along those lines. Um, And then they go off and they have their first dance. And so they're dancing with their masks on in kind of the middle of the dance floor at this thing. The thing that came to my mind is, why do they think this mask is hiding their identity? But then they do reveal all. They both take off their masks because Ezra's like, I want to see you while we dance and um, they just start kissing in public and stuff. They're just giving up. They don't even care anymore. Never mind that he's surrounded by literally everyone who knows him, all of the teachers. I know. Emily starts to reconnect with Paige. Paige comes over and she's dressed as a Romeo herself. They sit down and they have a chat and Paige basically tells her that, like, I wish I didn't, like, I had held on to you the first time. I I fought harder for you, I think she said. Um, and then she says like, you know, I'll be, let me know what you need and I'll be there for you. And Emily says, what I really need is just a friend. It's convenient that Emily just starts reconnecting with somebody else. We can't have her be single for more than two minutes. Yeah, exactly. Why would you? Yeah. And then, Um, yeah, I think Hannah and Caleb are just dancing. There's nothing wild going on there, right? Yeah, nothing. Just dancing. And then the rest of the stuff all happens... At the Lost Woods Resort, basically, and yeah. related yeah. to that, so we can get back to that story. So, at the Lost Woods Resort, um, Spencer is distracting the guy by having tea with him while Mona steals a key. Yeah. Um, for room two, and then once they get the key, he she immediately leaves, and they start going into the room, and they come across A's lair. Yes. Sorry to cut you off, but Sadie, as a first-time watcher, tell me about A's lair. It's creepy. It's <laughs> it's creepy. It's stalkerish. But like everything's there. They had like um Stalker ish. The... A is literally a stalker. No, it's 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 more creepy than that. Like I wouldn't call like this is obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like obsessed. What I liked was like the little props that they had, like in the room. Like little yeah. costumes they wore, little tidbits of things there. I don't know. I liked how they did the room. I'd say there that. was just millions of pictures of the girls around the place. The only question that I had in my mind was, if A was up in the attic in Spencer's lake house, mm. were they always there or did they just go to room two or have they always been at room two? Could be they just went there to spy and the lair no, was at room two. That, that lair was like a shrine to the girls. Yeah. Like, like that was that was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy, but you should have seen me go <gasps> when the door opened. Because, like, yeah. I, knew I had been in there, but I was expecting, like, I wasn't expecting that. You were just expecting a regular room. <laughs> yeah. And it was not a regular room. So, A's been here for a while. Like, this is A's hideout. I don't know if it was, like, a thing, but no one had been in number two. There's nothing in the logbook for number two. Yeah, but, they, so I think they, they mentioned that and they said they, that, like, the only one not available was number two. So I think they had number two booked for a long time. And plus that guy uh, at the thing said, something I've learned about our guests is that they like their privacy. Yeah, but, like, Mona was right there. Then why would the key be with the innkeeper if it's been rented out for a long time? Why? They had a copy. Oh. Yeah, they've got copies. Okay, I guess. 
But yeah, so we're in A's lair. There's photos everywhere. There's doll houses and everything everywhere. There's photos of Allison. There's costume ideas. There's the baby face thing from Halloween. Everything is there. It's very creepy. Um, there's like photos of Allison with the eyes scratched out as well. Yeah, and then they find like a drawing of a black swan dress. And they think, oh, this must be the dress that A is wearing to the masquerade ball. So Mona yep. says, I'll call Emily, I'll call Hannah and let her know. Yep. And they continue to dig through everything. Um, so this is when I start getting chills when I watch this scene. But yeah. um, Mona offers Spencer a piece of gum. She's chewing it like pretty annoyingly. And she's like, here, do you want a piece of gum? And Spencer's like, no, thank you. She turns around and she keeps going through some stuff. And she finds um like a one of Ali's diaries and she opens it up and there's a gum wrapper inside of it. And yeah. like, cause nobody else can chew gum, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> things, start to, like gum. <laughs> things start to click for Spencer here. So she's not a hundred percent sure, but she starts to like things click. So she turns around to Mona and she says, actually, can I have a piece of that gum? And Mona realizes, oh, I don't have any more on me. I'm going to actually go get some from my car. So she leaves. And then, bone chillingly, while she's gone, Spencer keeps digging and she finds a bag of the cashmere sweaters that she saw Mona have that time at the train station. Oh, my God, the way she realizes it when she opens it up and she's like, cashmere sweaters? And just then... Mona walks in wearing the black hoodie <laughs> and knocks her out. I couldn't find any gum. I couldn't find any gum. But you can see that, like, Mona's figured out that she was onto her and she went and changed yeah. um, in that moment. Because, like, we find out in a second. We'll get there. Like, that, this was part of Mona's plan. But, like, the fact that she went and changed in that moment, I feel like she realised it was clicking into place. Yeah. And... She had been trying to set, I guess, the the trap that it was Melissa that was A because she was like, Melissa uh, Spencer mentioned that Melissa had gone as the Black Swan to a charity event some other time. Yeah. And she's like, she wouldn't do anything to hurt you, would she? And Spencer's like, why yes. would you say that? Because she's not meant to have any knowledge about, you know, everyone being suspicious of Melissa or anything like that. Yeah. And well, I mean, she does because they wouldn't try to trap Melissa. Oh, that's true, actually. But yeah, so when uh, Mona does come back in, Spencer's put all this together and she says to her, you never called Hannah, did you? So the girls don't actually know what's happening right now in this room um, and they don't know about the black swan thing either. But coincidentally, there's a mysterious black swan that's hanging out with um, Jenna and they see Lucas talking to her too and they're trying to figure out who this girl is. But she leaves. Uh, and I don't think they get any clues about who she is. But presumably it's the person that Jenna was talking to at the park. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so when um, Spencer comes to in the car with Mona and she's, like, really scared, Mona's driving like a maniac and she's trying to figure out what happened. Like, Hannah, Spencer secretly puts her phone on and calls Aria. Or- so this is what I was going to complain about, about technology. Ari is calling her and it's on um, like FaceTime or something because they're watching a video as it happens. 
Yeah. And the girls are all watching this. When you turn on FaceTime like that, you're going to hear the other person because it's made for you to be talking through the speaker to, away from your face. But for some reason, the girls can hear her through the speaker, but M- Mona can't hear her talking. Or That's the girls true. That's true. And they were at a dance. It would have been loud. Exactly. And they were talking into it being like, hey, it's Mona. <gasps> you know, she was my friend and stuff like that. No, that is so true. Um, so the girls see that she's talking to Mona through this. And um, they've all clued on. And um, I forget what this thing was, but Spencer basically drops in things she can see around her into the conversation. Like, oh, you'll never make it down whatever street driving like that. And um, so the girls realize where she is and they take off and they start driving to meet them there. Yeah. And like Hannah is just shook. She just doesn't even know what to do. She's just standing there dead face like Mona's a. Yeah. And then, so back in the car, Mona is kind of doing her villains, you know, speech. you know how villains give a speech at the end of the thing, explaining the whole evil plan for convenience. Yeah. This is basically what Mona's doing. This, yeah, yeah, the, the evil villain monologue. So this is what Mona's basically doing um, back at the car. She tells Spencer that the reason that she became A was because she was mad at them for taking Hannah away from her. But she became A when everyone just got back together, not... Exactly. It's like her becoming A was the driver for them getting back together. The reason they all started speaking again was because they were like, um, A is haunting me. Are you being haunted also? (laughs) But, um, so basically Mona also says that she was trying to get Spencer to join the A team. So she went out with her here and let her find the lair and stuff on purpose because she was trying to get her on board. Okay, so there's a team. Well, I mean, that's what she said. There's a team. That's how she's been able to do all of this. Mm. Like, be in all those places at once, see and hear everything. Yeah. So, given that, you know, there's there's more people that the girls have picked. It's possible, but I kind of interpreted that as... um, it will be a team if Spencer joins. Yeah, it could be either. Yeah, so Spencer pulls the brake and um, she jumps out of the car and then Mona jumps out of the car after her too and conveniently um, the other girls are all in the same spot too. And then they get into um, a bit of a, like, scuffle um, at the edge of a cliff. (laughs) Quickly before they get to that scuffle, the girls pull up just as Hannah's about to hit Mona and the crazy in her eyes, like just staring back at Hannah and then just screaming into the night. Oh, my God, that terrified me. Yeah. And then like running off, it just actually made me shoot my pants. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so then um, Mona and Spencer get into a scuffle and Mona slips and falls off the edge of a giant cliff, which conveniently happened to be there. And the girls yeah. just all stare at, yeah. at them. And we're like, did Mona die? Did Mona not die? We find she didn't. Yeah, so we find out in a couple scenes, in the next scene maybe, that she didn't die. And Dr. Sullivan makes a reappearance. Um, so she comes up and she comforts the girls. And she tell, she says that she figured out what happened, but A's been blackmailing her and threatening her son, which we already knew. Um, yep. We also find out that Toby 
has been working with Dr. Sullivan. Um, so Toby, Toby convinced her to come back to Rosewood. But like, and that's why he was pretending not to love Spencer. And he said, pretending not to love her is the hardest thing he's had to do. But like, why did he have to pretend not to love her? Like, this storyline didn't make sense. <laughs> like, Dr. Sullivan has been, it's been like a year, right, since the blackmail to Dr. Sullivan thing happened. Yeah. She got her yeah. son back. The son's okay. She got a payoff from Mona. And then she just disappeared. Like, you're a grown yeah. woman. This is a teenager. You know your son is safe. Would you not go to the police now? No. Are you just scared of a teenage girl that you're going to stay in hiding for a year? Teenage girl is yes. fucking crazy, bro. Yeah, but still, like, go to the police and protect yourself. No. No. She's no a menace to society. No go. Then we see Mona in the police station um, and Dr. Sullivan's talking. She says that she was living in a state of hyper-reality and that adrenaline fueled her feelings of empowerment. And due to her high level of intelligence, um, it gave her the ability to be all-knowing and seem omnipresent, basically, and that she has a personality disorder. You know, with the right medication, she'll be fine. Yes, this was the single most crazy medical diagnosis I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) I know. That's why I had to write it down word for word. I was just like, what are you talking about right now? Yeah, like what? But then we hear Mona's thoughts. So it zooms into Mona and we can hear what she's thinking. And it's so creepy. Oh, my God. She's like, oh, they think this is over. They don't know. This is what we want. Um, They're thinking, poor Mona. They're thinking this. And it's just like the most creepy internal monologue over. And But she's still like... I still look good considering, though, and she does. Yeah, she does. And then two final things happen in this episode. The first yes. is that as the girls kind of leave the um, police station, uh, they're walking near Emily's house, and there's, like, it's a scene that's very reminiscent of the time they found Allison dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, there's people crowded around the house, there's... Um, Swarms of, you know, the police are there, there's sirens, there's swarms of people. Emily pushes her way past the people to get to the front and she runs into her mum. And then even that scene where her mum tells her that they found Maya, um, it's very reminiscent of the scene of Maya telling Emily about Alison being found. But yeah, so obviously Emily is very upset. She like falls um, crying into the girl's arms and... The stretchers taking the body away. Yeah, I can only imagine how like horrible that would be. Just as you think something terrible has ended and you're finally relieved to hear that about your girlfriend who's been missing. Yeah, so we find out that Maya is possibly dead. They found the body. They think it's her. Did anyone else have anything to say about that before we move on to the last bit? No, that was just really no, unexpected. Yeah, and then who wants to talk about the last bit? We see Mona in the hospital. Are we going to talk about red coat? Yes. So you see someone creepy walk into um into her like someone hospital creepy. room. Well, it's yeah. someone creepy. It's someone in a red coat. So Mona's sitting yeah. in the hospital again, looking fabulous, and someone in the red coat enters her cell, and we don't hear red coat say anything, but we just hear, "I did everything you asked me to do." Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like Mona's answering to a higher power here. Yeah. So like, yeah. A. Mona is a symptom, and we don't even know the root cause of the problem yet. And that is season two of Pretty Little Liars. And what a season it was. That was 
like the best thing that I've watched so far with Predator Lion. So now, do you understand the Arab session? Yes, I feel like it was a really, really good end to the A saga and a very, very good intro to whatever's going to come next. Because I assume this isn't the last we see of Red Coat. Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts, um, in general about the show or Red Coat or anything? I had a lot of theories, and I don't think any of them panned out. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first time I watched this um episode, it was also like that for me. Like. And I loved it. I loved it. Because I hadn't I didn't expect her. And then just like when Spencer starts putting the clues together, like starting from when she finds the gum wrapper, like you just start getting chills and you're like, oh my god, what is happening here? And it's just yeah. it's just such a good finale. Like I think it'll be hard pressed to find a better finale in any TV show ever. The only thing I would have said that I think could have been done differently is if they consistently made Mona like the person with the gum because in this episode she brings up the gum a lot and she's been like chewing it and stuff like that and it's meant to bring your attention to it. Yeah. Which is fine. But like if she had been chewing the gum like, you know, throughout the season always be the person like, do you want gum, do you want gum or whatever. Mm. And then we saw the gum, I would have been like, holy shit. Yeah, but it also would have made that reveal too obvious. You want it to be subtle. You want it to be leading into it. But you don't yeah. want the gum. The gum wrapper is not a blow to the face. The gum wrapper is a doubtful, hint. but it could be possible. Yeah. It's the hint. It's the cashmere sweaters that do it. It's the cashmere sweaters that do it, yes. You want the big reveal to be the cashmere sweaters. All right. Do we wrap up unless you have anything else to say? No. Sona? Nope. Well, thanks guys for tuning in for this week's episode of Shadeswood. That's it from us for season two. So join us um, next week for an episode of The Saucy Little Liars and the week after where we start season three of Pretty Little Liars. If you guys have anything you want to add, share or comment, you can get us on Twitter. Um, our handle is at SisterWorst. And we are also on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit at Worst Sister Shire. If you want, we also have an email address, which is worstsistershire at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. I'll count us out. Are you ready? And a five, six, five, six, seven, eight. Hadabam. 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 <laughs> I didn't know what to do with that counting. <laughs>